Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Genesis 38. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would be willing to accept a rebuke from you through the people around us. We pray that we would have soft hearts ready to turn to you. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Genesis 38. And it happened that at that time Judah went down from his brothers and pitched his tent near a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite there whose name was Shua. And he took her and went into her. And she conceived and bore a son, and he called his name Ur. And she conceived again and bore a son, and he called his name Onan. And once again she bore a son, and she called his name Shelah. And he was in Chezeb when she bore him. And Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. And Ur, the firstborn of Judah, was evil in the eyes of Yahweh, and Yahweh killed him. Then Judah said to Onan, Go into the wife of your brother, and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her, and raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be for him. So whenever he went into the wife of his brother, he would waste it on the ground so as not to give offspring to his brother. And what he did was evil in the sight of Yahweh, so he killed him also. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Stay a widow in your father's house until Shelah, my son, grows up. For he feared he would also die like his brother. So Tamar went and stayed in the house of her father. And in the course of time, the daughter of Shua, the wife of Judah, died. When Judah was consoled, he went up to his sheep shearers, he and his friend Hira the Idulamite, to Timnah. And it was told to Tamar, saying, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she removed the clothes of her widowhood and covered herself with the veil and disguised herself. And she sat at the entrance to Enaim, which is on the way to Timnah, for she saw that Shelah was grown, but she had not been given to him as a wife. And Judah saw her and reckoned her to be a prostitute, for she had covered her face. And he turned aside to her at the roadside and said, Please, come, let me come in to you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What will you give me that you may come in to me? And he said, I will send a kid from the goats of the flock. And she said, Only if you give a pledge until you send it. And he said, What is the pledge that I must give to you? And she said, your seal, your cord, and your staff that is in your hand. And he gave them to her and went into her, and she conceived by him. And she arose and left, and she removed her veil from herself and put on the garments of her widowhood. And Judah sent the kid from the goats by the hand of his friend the Adulamite to take back the pledge from the hand of the woman. But he could not find her. So he asked the men of her place, saying, Where is that colt prostitute that was at Enaim by the roadside? And they said, There is no cult prostitute here. Then he returned to Judah and said, I could not find her. Moreover, the men of the place said, There is no cult prostitute here. And Judah said, Let her take them for herself, lest we be laughed at. Behold, I sent this kid, but you could not find her. And about three months later, it was told to Judah, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has played the whore, and now, behold, she has conceived by prostitution. And Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned. She was brought out, but she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man 
whom these belong, I have conceived. And she said, Now discern to whom these belong, the seal and cord and the staff. Then Judah recognized them and said, She is more righteous than I, since I did not give her to my son Shelah. And he did not know her again. And it happened that at the time she gave birth, that, behold, twins were in her womb. And it happened that at her labor one child put out his hand, and the midwife took it and tied a crimson thread on his hand, saying, This one came out first. Then his hand drew back, and, behold, his brother came out. And she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. And she called his name Perez. And afterward his brother, who had the crimson thread on his hand, came out, and his name was called Zerah. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 27, we started a new section, the section on Jacob. But it really deals more with Joseph than Jacob. We got into the story of Joseph and how his brothers hated him and sold him into slavery in Egypt, and we left him at an exciting moment, a scary moment, when he was being sold to a high official of Pharaoh in Egypt. And then we have chapter 38, and it switches scenes back to the rest of the family, or Judah specifically. Judah has a friend who is a local in the land, and when he is at his friend's house, he meets this Canaanite woman that he marries and has three sons with. And Judah finds a wife for the oldest, and her name is Tamar. The oldest dies. Moses tells us that he was evil, so Yahweh killed him. Then Judah tells the next son to marry Tamar and have a child that can carry on the name of the firstborn son. This is known as a leveret marriage. It was very important to keep the name of the son alive. So if he didn't have any children, they would have someone else in the family, typically the next closest male relative, marry the woman and have a son who would carry on the name of the father. Later on, this would be spelled out in the Law of Moses in Deuteronomy 25, but it was apparently common practice even at this time. But the second son uses a method of birth control because he doesn't want to give his older brother a son. So God kills him too. So now Judah tells Tamar to wait until the third son is old enough to marry her and raise up a son. But Judah is afraid that there is something wrong with Tamar that will kill the third son too. So he doesn't follow through. Meanwhile, Judah's wife dies. After the time of mourning for his wife is over, it's sheep shearing time. Sheep shearing time was a joyous festival sort of time because it was payday from the hard work of taking care of the sheep and finally you get the wool. So Tamar hatches a plan. She pretends to be a harlot on the road that Judah travels to get to the sheep shearing. And Judah comes over to her and they negotiate and Tamar gets some unique personal items as a pledge that Judah will send her a goat. Since Tamar wore a veil, Judah doesn't recognize who she is. So after that, Tamar goes back home and pretends that nothing has happened. Judah, meanwhile, sends his friend to get his things back and give the prostitute a goat, but he cannot find her. And the people there say that there hasn't been a prostitute there. So Judah goes on with life, until he hears that Tamar is pregnant. He prescribes a harsh punishment, death by burning. Perhaps he is happy to be rid of Tamar, because he knows he was supposed to give her to his youngest son, Later on in the Law of Moses, the sin of adultery was punished by death, although not by burning, but by stoning. And Tamar was sort of engaged to the youngest son in that she was supposed to get married in the family and they would consider it adultery to have sex with someone when the woman was engaged. So this is harsh, but it wasn't completely crazy to suggest. So 
That is when Tamar brings out the personal items of Judah, his seal and his staff, and has them brought to Judah. And Judah says in verse 26, She is more righteous than I, since I did not give her to my son Shelah. Judah isn't saying that what she did was right, and he didn't have sex with her again, but he lets her live. And Tamar has twins. And now for a deeper dive. Judah is a flawed person for sure. He suggested selling Joseph into Egyptian slavery. Of course, that was better than killing Joseph, but it was still very wrong. He marries a Canaanite and has some wicked sons. And then he goes to a woman he thinks is a prostitute. And then he is very harsh in his judgment on Tamar, until he realizes what happened. But he has one thing going for him in this story. He admits that he was wrong. Which I think is harder sometimes than avoiding all the other sins. This was rather public, too. Fortunately, this isn't the last good thing Judah does in his life. But perhaps it is the start of him getting things right, so that God can make use of him for good. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.